Hey guys, welcome to episode 74 of Bo Knows Stuff. I am playing some John Mayer because our guest today, Jared Cohen, is a huge, huge John Mayer fan, also Grateful Dead and Marvel movies. I actually just finished the Hawkeye series on Disney+, Plus, so would love to hear what he thinks of that. Would love to hear what you thought of the series. Uh, and outside of that, getting to the episode, one of my favorites we've had in a while here, uh, infinite versus finite games, what questions are more effective than how questions and demanding better from yourself, tying into my other podcast, the demand better podcast with my buddy, David Corona. Uh, Jared is definitely a game changer. He's helping people evolve. He has a very unique education and approach at things uh as well as an awesome blog another john mayer song in the back if you guys can hear that uh so i'm excited for you to take a listen to this uh he has a very unique way of approaching things that definitely lines up with a lot of my thoughts about changing behavior uh of all these different ways to look at health fitness so i'm excited for you to check it out let's get into it get one percent better from this talk from whatever you're doing today. Enjoy the episode. Peace. And hey, hey, we are, we are, we're alive. Number 74 of Bono Stuff. Got my dog playing with me, so pardon that. And we got the Avengers in the back. Disney, don't sue me. I'm joined with Jared M. Cohen. Is Matthew? Jared Matthew Cohen? Yeah, Matthew, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got the uh, Captain America shield behind him uh, for those watching on the YouTubes uh, or Facebooks. And uh, yeah, there it is. So if you're listening, you won't be able to see that. That's that's the Avengers thing. He's a bit of a Marvel geek, self-proclaimed, and um, would love to talk for an hour on that because I'm, I'm a little bit in that ballpark as well. But we're going to focus on a few other things today. Uh, so for those not familiar with Jared, you should be. Um, I was just re-listening to his, his former podcast with Alexandra Ellis, uh, be, be Behind the Podium, not beyond the podium, which is what I was going to say. Um, very good podcast, but he stopped that in 2019, unfortunately. But a lot of great episodes there still available. I just went and yes. re-listened to a few prepping for this, so I encourage you guys to go back, check that out. And now his new company is equipped to evolve. He's a mental performance coach, again, based out of Santa Monica, California. And you traveled around. You were in Chicago, Washington, yes? Yeah, yeah. originally from Chicago. Uh, spent a little time in uh, eastern Washington. I've been in the Southern California area roundabout since 2010. Nice, nice. Um, MBA in performance psychology, which is very interesting. Um, and for those uh, listening to the show, haven't listened to all my episodes yet, check in for the first time maybe. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, go back and check out episode 42 with Lee Povey, who is in a very similar space, who has a company. He's actually in Long Beach, uh, just below you over there. And um, yeah, he's a good friend of mine that uh, does similar stuff. They have Maximize Your Potential coaching. Uh, he worked with the UK cycling team and things like that. So um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. I'm excited to dig into this. And I did before we start, wanted to, uh, I was, you know, stalking you on Facebook uh, and, and saw you had that quote, as opposed to one high road, I walk many paths to enlightenment. And mm. uh, I always mess this up. But that's my tattoo. And I don't know if nice. you're familiar Ooh, with wow, the symbol. Are you, you're not familiar with the unilome? It might be a little distorted um, no, because no, of the, the water. Nice. But it's a it's a Buddhist symbol that uh, represents the path to enlightenment and kind of, yeah. you know, it's very, it's very varied. So I thought yeah. that was a cool little uh, – whenever I see that word enlightenment, it always kind of uh, has me perk up a little bit. So uh, we can talk about that another time. But I want to jump into it 
um, and, and let you talk a little bit, uh, maybe, you know, introduce yourself to the folks. For sure. Yeah. Well, it's great to be here. Um, I'm, uh, I'm happy our, our paths are, are crossing in this forum. Um, let's see. I, um, my background is, um, you know, the early, so, you know, the past decade for me has really been, um, kind of a smorgasbord of performance, uh, wellness, fitness. Um, and I, I, I no longer really have much of a relationship to CrossFit. Um, but, you know, I always credit that as, as being a really influential starting point for me and a, and a really amazing, I think, um, staging area for the sort of mixed modal mindset, right? And, and I say mindset because just the idea that, going back to what you said, you know, walking many paths to enlightenment. And that was so influential for me because of the amount of things I was exposed to related to uh, human optimization, health and wellness. Um, I, you know, accredit a lot of my kind of thinking, especially even into the realm of uh, mindset and psychology to, you know, the early Kelly Starrett stuff of just, you know, what does it mean to be thinking in terms of skill and transferability? Um, and so I've really now, you know, over the past uh, eight years, I uh, went back to school for a master's in sport and performance psychology and uh, an MBA, more of a focus in organizational psych. And I've really been on this journey, um, you know, more so to, I think, kind of what I'm trying to do is like map the archetypes of personal development um, and, and really kind of seek out what is the common ground, um, what are the, um, the similar paths that a lot of these different models or frameworks are pointing to. But if you don't have a greater awareness of how they all relate or how they're similar, then um, I think you can't get as much out of it unless you can kind of see the overlap. So that's really where um, I like to say uh, my specialty is in, um, you know, synthesizing and curating these models for personal development, um, leadership and learning that people can use really in any context, uh, it seems oftentimes to be more popular in terms of the world of executive coaching or you know, athletics, uh, where uh, people tend to already have a bias for uh, making those incremental improvements. So let me put that back on you, I guess, uh, narrow it down to, to help. Who do you work with? Is it individuals, athletes, uh, executives, C-suites? Yeah, so uh, my work more so within the past uh, year and a half has been with executives um, within companies doing a lot of work um, with uh, leaders in companies that have a lot of direct reports that they oversee. And so working with them to kind of build their leadership philosophy, be much more conscious of what their leadership style looks like, and then how they share that, how they socialize that effectively with those that they also lead. Um, and in doing so, help those that they're leading also become leaders of their own. And so um, it's a it's a fun mixture of one-on-one -on -one work as well as, you know, group training and coaching to really help people be operating from the same playbook, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to uh, echo, again, the, that intersection between all those paths. I definitely have a similar uh, you know, journey and, and it, interest in that fitness, healthcare, uh, you know, performance space, wellness, all these terms that get thrown around. And, and I've struggled to 
find my own identity within that. And again, I, you know, a lot of what you're talking about speaks to that. And I'm, um, you know, it's awesome to hear that you kind of had that, where do I go with all this? And, and, yeah. and is there a, sp a way to, you know, mix all these concepts, uh, like you're saying, and, um, you know, mental performance coach seems to be a really good place. I've, I've, I've come to call myself a long-term health coach. Uh, you know, yeah, like you said, uh, a physical retirement specialist. Yeah. I thought that was really, really I, poignant. I appreciate that, but I've also gotten a lot of pushback on that. Cause anyone who hears the word retirement has yeah, a very different connotation. Exactly. I think someone like you who has been in the space and, and has a different mindset around it. Uh, is able to appreciate that, which is where I'm coming from. And I'm like, it, yeah. it really fits with, it's what I want to do. But, um, but yeah, w uh, enough about me though. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's come back to, to get what, what you were talking about. And, uh, in our kind of pre-interview, uh, you jumped into the differentiating between the infinite versus the finite games that we all kind of play. And, and, uh, the, the real simple concept there is that life is long. Yeah. Um, and, and we tend to, you know, our lizard brain thinks about, and, and, uh, we're recording this December 29th, new year's is coming up depending on when you listen to this, but, uh, new year's resolutions, everyone's like, I want to lose 10 pounds as fast as I can. And you know, whatever it is though. So that short-term goal versus having a, a, a goal for the entire year. And we can accomplish a lot more in 12 months than we can in, you know, the next couple of weeks of, you know, you're going to go into the gym, have your motivation. And then that burns out as we see year in and year out, which is, uh, one of our, upcoming episodes of demand better podcast with, with Corona over there. So I'll let you, I'll let you run with it and, and, and help us understand the difference and, and why we should care about infinite versus finite games. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of these uh, mental models that is, uh, is so important for all of us to know and then be cognizant of how it's impacting our view uh, of, of what's going on, as well as um, the decisions that we're making. So a um, little background, James Kars wrote a book in like the late 80s called uh, Finite and Infinite Games. Um, it's a, a little bit of a quirky, more sort of philosophical book. Um, if you like to sort of go deep in that, highly recommend it. But a more accessible version is the book that Simon Sinek most recently uh, wrote, and that is called The Infinite Game. And so the the short of it is that finite games are games that have a clear beginning, middle, and end. Um, and you play them primarily to win. Whereas infinite games, the purpose of the game is to keep playing, to perpetuate the game. So once we understand that, we can zoom out and realize that we're actually players in infinite games more often than we are in finite games, in spite of the fact of our tendency to think in terms of very finite time metrics. Um, health and wellness, fitness is a perfect example of a game that we are playing and that we want to play infinitely. So back to this context of um, physical retirement specialist, the idea there being that you want to help someone with their fitness, with their healthcare, with their movement, such that they're able to continue moving for as long as life is going to afford them that privilege. And so the important caveat here is we're not saying that finite games or finite goals are bad. This podcast that we're doing right now, there's a finite period of time, it will end. Um, but we always want to hold that in the context of an infinite game or an infinite perspective, right? So we're thinking about, okay, um, even though when this is done, how is this going to serve the listeners? Or 
how is what we're saying now going to relate to other things that we're going to do or the longer term impacts that we want to have? So the infinite mindset is really thinking much more in terms of what is that legacy? Um, and also, how do we approach games with more of this win-win perspective? Uh, so a lot of the work I do with leaders and companies, we often talk about how uh, business is a game for identity. And while it's a game for identity, it's one on empathy, meaning that it's a virtuous cycle. So the more you help someone else grow their identity, that's going to be the best way for you to grow your identity, right? And so we don't need to think in terms of like, you win, I lose. But the more that we can kind of help each other out, there is that abundancy that can be uh, had. And, and that's very much the, the more infinite mindset um, that I think is just so key when we're talking about anything, uh, but obviously has a lot of relevance in the uh, context of health and wellness and how people are making decisions in pursuit of their wellness beyond just a goal. Um, so I recently wrote an article called, Are You Fit? Or are you fit, F-I-T? So fit, you know, is sort of what we normally think of in terms of, you know, does somebody have six-pack abs? Um, you know, what is the, uh, the feats that they can accomplish? Um, but this mindset of F-I-T is forever in training, right? And so the idea is that you can choose to be F-I-T fit anytime you want. It's a place you come from. It's an intention to be had. Um, and, you know, I personally have to constantly remind myself, you know, when I go for my training session of the day, sometimes I get overwhelmed because I'm thinking like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, oh, but I, I need to make time for this. And it's just that ability to zoom out and be like, oh, we, you know, there's a lot of training to be had, right? I don't need to get it in all today. Um, and the more, you know, I think science shows us about habits, the more we realize, you know, to have that perspective of, the accumulation and the way in which we can stack little things over a long term, that consistency mindset um, really helps uh, when you think of it in terms of infinite versus finite. Yeah, no, I appreciate that that explanation. Uh, it's interesting. I actually just uh, did an audio book. I think it was Start With No. And they, they, they actually made the argument that win-win is not the best thing <laughs> um, in negotiating. And a lot of that's, mm, I would say, right. a little more... Um, business side and, and uh -huh. deals like that where uh you know once you if you're if you go in with a win-win mindset there you're gonna you're gonna compromise more than you should um so so there's some interesting stuff there uh also for a book club with physical therapists we just read um oh what was the other one uh the negotiate fbi negotiator oh yeah uh, ne uh, never split the difference that's what it is uh, so anyway, there's some interesting stuff there in terms of that, that, that you made me think of there, but no, I appreciate that distinction. And, and again, I think, uh, yeah, that, that big theme of long-term versus short-term and, and being able to have that, uh, and that's what I drove my business on. I have that other, if you haven't heard the, the 30, 30, 30 concept, the both 30 mm -hmm. system of yeah, 30 that. minutes, that short-term, we can help you feel better and move better. Uh, the traditional kind of model that everybody's days. really interested in. Then we put a plan in place for 30 days which a lot of people might not even realize they need. Um, and, and then hopefully that can take us to the next 30 years. Again, I mentioned uh, we're recording this right before the new year. I'm going to, um, I'm bringing a few people in. And, and of course, I, I, you, you might be more evolved than this per se and no judgments around that, but uh, of doing a, a paleo type challenge for January. I'm just, I like to constantly, mm -hmm. uh, and I got into CrossFit around the same time as you, I think 2010. Um, it sounded like that's when you were yeah, in yeah. there. And, 
And, uh, you know, I've played around with so many of uh, a month without dairy, a month without gluten, a month, you know, and, and reintroducing it and seeing how our body responds to it and really being intentional with understanding that and how that's sustainable for the long term. So these are concepts that I think are definitely uh, emerging with, with the way I practice, as well as I, I'm starting to see them a lot more prevalent in, in the fitness space as well. So yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited for that. Um, question on, on that whole concept for you, are you, do you go into stoicism at all? Are you, are you interested in any of that stuff? Yeah, I, 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 I definitely am. Um, you know, I, I've always, I've liked Ryan Holiday's stuff and I've heard a little bit of, uh, is it William Irvine? Um, uh, yeah, you know, I think what's great about, you know, the stoicism, philosophy is the the sort of neutrality that they're always kind of trying to hold and strike and and keep in mind um which uh which i think again fits very well inside of that you know infinite mindset perspective um and you know thinking about legacy um you know the other distinction here that works well is like position versus trajectory so oftentimes we set a goal for you know, I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And then the 30 day comes around and you realize you only lost 20 pounds and you're like devastated, right? But the trajectory is still good, um, you know? And so having that infinite mindset to kind of pull you back and have that greater context uh, is an important reminder, um, you know, and, and you can really start like dissecting this with our language, which I think, you know, back to your point, the Stoics were very cognizant of you know, how are we speaking and, and how does our language influence our, the stories we tell and then the reality that we are um, actually constructing. And so, you know, oftentimes there's, uh, you know, people will, Simon Sinek talks about this, some, usually people will ask someone, you know, do you want to have kids? And even that question, like, presupposes that once you have them, you're done, mm. you know, when a much more infinite minded question would be, do you want to raise kids? Mm. Um, and even just that, you know, it, it really makes you picture something different. Um, and then there's the classic one that, you know, we've all heard, uh, growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up as if grow, as if when you've grown up, that's like a finite time and then mm -hmm. you're done. Um, so I think these are all interesting things, you know, to really reflect on of, of how we've maybe been thinking in ways that aren't helpful because we were actually, uh, had this more finite perspective um, without knowing that that was that was in the background. And that that segues really nicely to the second kind of question concept that uh, we wanted to get to of, of what questions, this is your statement, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. What questions are more effective than how questions? So uh, I want, uh, you know, and again, we, we talked about goals, things like that, and I'll preface this uh, and, and I'll let you rock and roll with it. But uh, again, demand better with Corona. We, we mentioned uh, the other show I have. We are doing that for the new year of, of actually encouraging people to focus on the how. And if you're setting a goal, instead of saying, I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, it's okay, well, how do you want to do that? And okay, I'm going to hire a nutritionist or I'm going to go to the gym five times a week and do an hour of cardio or whatever it is. Um, and we can certainly go into depths on all that, but, um, but yeah, so, so the, we're actually saying the opposite of your statement. So your statement is what questions are more effective than how questions and tell me why you're right. And yeah, I'm so wrong. But. <laughs> the, the caveat there is you're totally right. And, and how questions are actually there. Yes, they're super valuable and they're, they're really important and thinking in terms of how like IE process 
or the way you're relating something is essential. Um, even just, you know, how is sometimes even, it's just a placeholder for behavior, right? Like um, how, what is the, the style in which I'm going to approach this? Is it gonna be fast? Is it gonna be slow? Is it going to be aggressive? Is it gonna be more conscientious? So how is great? My point is more related to when interacting with others. So I've noticed this, um, that when you ask someone like, how was it? Or how are you? Or how do you like your job? Our default is to kind of then go like, oh, it's good. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's fine. But when you ask the what question, right? Like, uh, what was that like? Or what are you feeling? Or what do you like about your job? All of a sudden, it opens up this different experience for someone to actually have to take inventory of what occurred to then speak more at length, you know, with greater elaboration um, and uh, an introspection, which I think is really useful and helpful. That is probably also more aligned with our intentions sometimes when we are engaging in genuine conversation and we're trying to get past some of the, I think, small talk pitfalls of how questions. Yeah, and I think you gave the example on a recent post of, you know, the, the common, hey, how you doing? It's like, I'm good, yeah. you know, versus what's going on with you? Like, you know, I actually want to know and, and I'd, like, I'd like to open up that space to engage in that conversation. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that distinction. And obviously, I was, we were, I think we were both being a little facetious, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely was of, uh, you know, there is no right and wrong. It's just different context. So. I appreciate you clarifying that. And that takes us to our third um, kind of topic concept here. And I'm trying to make some timestamps, which I'm terrible at, but try that. Um, it is, uh, you put about demanding better. So you, you took a listen to our, our episodes and I guess that kind of uh, opened up this dialogue concept of uh, if you're going to ask someone to demand better, that you should be pretty in depth in your convictions. And I, I stopped you as you were. We were talking about this pre going live, and because uh, I wanted you to save it for for the episode here. So please uh, enlighten us there as the dog plays fetch, which is the most important thing right now. Yeah. So I I came up with this idea um, or this framework, this model, uh, what I'm calling a compelling point of view, and so you know heavily influenced by. Um, Seth Godin's most recent book, The Practice, Shipping Creative Work. And, um, and what I was really thinking about was my experience in a lot of the different contexts that I've worked in and, you know, worked with colleagues, whether it was in the gym or it's, you know, um, inside over organizations, or I, I did some work with uh, the TSA with performance coaching and, um, and you know, I, I'm trying to be mindful with my language here. I, I don't want to uh, make any specific judgments of anyone, but my reflection often is that in spite of people really intending well in their line of work, they might not really have a compelling point of view, like a real convicted sense of this is how things should, and I, I know that the shoulding can sometimes be contentious. Stop shooting all over yourself. Stop shooting, but but not shooting on yourself, but shooting in this, you know, again, infinite perspective of like, what are you really gung ho about in terms of how things should be done in your line of work to really have this 
deep and profound impact beyond the short term. And um, and I guess, you know, I come to this because like I take my work really seriously, maybe too seriously at times. And and I tend to be a little bit critical or skeptical or just even curious of, you know, what is what are other people, you know, that in in similar fields, like what is their conviction or what are their convictions about, you know, how things should be done and and what would, you know, kind of get them a little bit more provoked in a good way, you know, to really want to stand for something. And so I came up with this framework to to give people a sense of reflecting on this for themselves. And so, you know, in the demand better context, we could think about this, you know, from the client's perspective of, you know, when you're evaluating a prospective uh, practitioner, a personal trainer, physical therapist, nutritionist, you know, you could be thinking through these lenses yourself as to what, how they come to what they come to and really, you know, kind of wondering what is their compelling point of view or do you experience them as having one? Um, and then of course, you know, for yourself, it's valuable to think about, you know, your own line of work that, you know, is your kind of specialty or where you play in most often and, and, and take some time to, to reflect on, on what that looks like for yourself. So the framework has three parts. We call this uh, the three X's, E-X. So the first aspect is experience. And so we all have some amount of experience that has, you know, occurred that gives us kind of our context for um, what we have witnessed and been a part of in the line of work that we're in. And in some cases, you know, with other people, you'll have overlapping experiences, right? But your ultimately like your own accumulation of experience is very unique. Um, you know, in the same way that like, if I'm comparing myself back to, um, you know, my, my CrossFit days, like my experience is going to be very unique to all the specific gyms I worked in, right. And all the specific, you know, coaches that I had or the clients that I worked with, um, the continuing education I did outside the gym, right? All these things are creating my unique experience. And then the second X is, is expertise. So based on that experience, where do I kind of fall in terms of like what my secret sauce is or what I really tend to kind of like to go deeper in or specialize in more, um, and, and again, you know, if we're using the gym example, this is always interesting when you think about, you know, a gym that has multiple coaches and, you know, maybe they share a handful of experience, but ultimately you'll tell when you're experiencing a class for them, just where their experience diverges based on their, a lot of times their style, what they like to emphasize, um, you know, what they don't emphasize. And, and sometimes that'll even tip you off to like what their kind of unique brand or again, expertise or specialty is. And then finally, the third X is excellence. So based on your experience and based on kind of where you sort of sit in terms of what your unique expertise is, where, where is that going, right? What's the, again, infinite context, what's the sort of ideal vision of a future state that you have for really being able to continue to apply your experience and expertise in um, in contribution to this more ideal state where people are um, are the beneficiaries of that which you really see as being kind of the 
uh, ultimate way that you feel like your line of work, you know, it's coaching, it could be, uh, it could be massage therapy, it could be um, financial advising, right, that whatever that is, that you feel like is going to have the really profound impact that you see as, um, uh, as being the, uh, the more utopian state. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting way to look at a lot of that. And obviously, uh, I think it's a very cool framework to explore. Um, I'm a very visual person, so I almost want to see it up on like the whiteboard, you know, and, mm -hmm. and be able to to do that. So I'll have to see if we can make the podcast or, or the recording next time a little fancier. I think there are some ways I could do that. Actually, tell us the three one more time. It's ex excellence. I'll go backwards. Ex yeah, so we, uh, so the yeah, so the first one is experience. Mm hmm. The, the second one is uh, expertise. Yep. And then and the, the third, third one is excellence. Cool. So, yeah, I have, I'll have that up on the, it's under my name, but uh, I don't know how to change that. So it's under your name. But, nice. yeah. <laughs> um, but I like that. I'm going to leave it there for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's awesome um, regarding all that. Uh, yeah, I really, I really like that framework. And there's a lot to explore there. I, I feel like it's if we if we go down those some of those paths it's gonna it's gonna lead to another hour or so and i want to be respectful of everyone's times and again um yeah no i i really i really think there's a lot of good stuff in there i hope uh those listening uh compelling point of view uh that's really good and that does tie in i wanted to say with a lot of the reasons we started the demand better podcast we actually just did an episode where we kind of talk about our our origins and what brought us to that and that was part of the the concept of Again, not you kind of, uh, you know, very PC or, or <laughs> diplomatically said you don't want to throw out any judgments. But a lot of it is us seeing folks who don't seem to have compelling that, that compelling point of view and they're yeah. just kind of doing it. And, and we think you're selling yourself short if you don't work with somebody who at least has a compelling point of view, which is, again, I, I like that concept. I think that should carry over. I'm, I'm excited to maybe explore some of that on that demand better. Uh, some of the episodes we do. Uh, revolving around some of these concepts, especially around the fitness and healthcare space. Um, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. I love that concept. I hope anyone listening uh, gets something out of that. And if they have some cool uh, or or they totally disagree or, you know, I always invite that conversation. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think uh, Jared's open to it. I'm I'm open to to that. And that's one of the reasons I, I have this podcast too. And I'm, I, I hope to continue it for many years is I just love having these conversations and you know, clearly the folks I speak to have some conviction around what yeah. it is they're talking about. So that's how we title the episodes of, of, you know, what, what is the conviction? What's the main thing? I had, uh, you know, a few people in physical therapy about one's uh, public speaking one, you know, Lee was, uh, talking about men's groups, uh, which is an interesting, I, I actually want to ask you about men's groups. I assume you're somewhat familiar with the concept. It seems to be emerging and, and, yeah. and do you feel there's a place for that? Do you work with some of that? Is there is there anything in that in terms of anyone not familiar? A men's group tends to be uh, a bunch of guys getting together, uh, especially now. Now you can do it all digitally. I actually was uh, I'm in a men's group. We did it this morning and it gives you a chance to kind of explore uh, different elements of your not manliness. It's not about masculinity per se, but uh, it's just a different dynamic where we can kind of uh, have the space to to dive into topics that we tend not to have the space for in everyday life. So I was right. curious if you're familiar with them and, or uh, if you see a place for them in, in your own practice. Yeah. Uh, I, I have heard of them and uh, know of, of some people that have mentioned different ones that they're in. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think any time, you know, there's some kind of, um, you know, tribe, you know, um, type of gathering that, that really holds the space for the gathering in and of itself um, is super valuable, you know, and, and just, I think, you know, having the title of the group and having the, the reoccurring meeting, you know, gives it that, that element of intention um, and ability for um, people to talk about stuff that they might not otherwise, uh, another avenue to hear different perspectives that they might not hear or get exposed to stuff. And so I, I think it's great when, you know, we have these different pockets of contact in community that really acts as this way to expose ourselves to more than what we would otherwise be running into based on our own habits and routines in our own, you know, daily life. Um, and so um, to me, you know, that's, that's really special. I appreciate sharing that. Yeah. And again, I, I can't encourage folks highly enough uh, to explore some of these concepts. And again, that's why I love doing these because we we touch on so many cool things and hopefully it, it leads to some connections and somebody opening up to possibility of something like that. So I do want to be respectful of your time. I do have a, a patient client I'm going to run off to and I think we hit on our, our top points. Is there any other thing you feel has been left unsaid from from everything we, we touched on? I mean, I'd love to do a part two sometime in, in the coming yeah, future. Yeah. Um, I'll just add one more, um, you know, so we talked about behind the podium in the beginning. So this like 3X model originally I came up with when thinking about like who were the kind of ideal coaches or or of that, you know, coach, trainer, um, thought leader pers uh, persona that I, I wanted to kind of hold a standard for. So the original 3Xs were experience, um, experimentation and example, right? So I, I changed two of them a little bit, but the, the idea was like really being interested in people that have a really diverse background of experience. They continue to experiment, right? So sometimes, you know, we see people in industries where they hang their hat on like, well, I've been doing this for 30, 40 years. Um, I think in one of our episodes with, with uh, Chet Merzaria, I remember he made this distinction between like, uh, you know, experience and insight. And just because you have experience doesn't necessarily mean you have insight. And so I think, again, when we're talking about demanding better, um, the importance of of what experimentation is someone doing, right? What are they tinkering with? Um, and there's a lot of, you know, important vulnerability in there. And then finally, how is that tinkering helping them move closer to their sort of example um, type of coach, you know, their uh, standard of, 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 again, excellence or, or example, um, model example that they, mm -hmm. they want to strive towards. So again, just seeing a different iteration of that, but same idea of, you know, who are the, the people and, and, you know, again, this is, this is a great time, New Year's thinking about, you know, how does, how, you know, in what ways are we, um, are we moving in the direction of these three different X's and in what ways, you know, maybe could we do a little bit more refinement? Yeah, it's really interesting. Again, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, or maybe not, the, the full definition of uh, evidence-based practice. Uh, mm -hmm. And generally, the, the, the Sackett model, which uh, is the author of a paper around evidence-based medicine practice, uh, includes the three tier of three, or the, the three legs of a stool, if you will, that it needs to, when we're talking about working with another human, especially when it comes to medicine, 
you know, you want to not just have the, you have the clinician's experience, but you also have the patient's experience. And then you have what the evidence actually says. And then again, a lot of people, and, and this is something that's been coming up for me in a few different conversations recently, including uh, a few, uh, while I was on my road trip the last two days, <laughs> uh, chat, chatting while I was a passenger, uh, of, again, people getting rid of their biases. So like you're saying, somebody has been doing something for 30 years and they're like, this is what I do. I crack backs and not to pick on chiropractors, but I, you know, I love y'all chiropractors. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, this is what I do. You know, I, I this is the system and, and, you know, I've been doing it for 30 years and it seems to work. And, uh, it's, it, you know, I, again, like, I think you're, you know, I want to always shout out that I think a lot of folks do have the best of intentions, right? but they do also tend to get caught in that, like, this is good enough, uh, yeah. versus, you know, can we really expedite and, and, and do things way better? And it might be too much of a paradigm shift for some people. Um, so that's where that experimentation is also really interesting. Um, not just chasing the latest fad again in physical therapy, you know, last few years, dry needling or, uh, mm -hmm. blood, blood flow restriction training, all these things. And, and again, I'll, you know, I love talking about all that stuff, but yeah, getting rid changing some of these biases and, uh, the conversation I was having, I'll share was, was around some physical therapists that, you know, really believed in, you know, for low back pain, you have to do core training and that's the only thing. And like, let's not talk about anything else. And, yeah. uh, and folks being willing to talk and, and, and open up and committed to learning, which is a post I just reshared of yours, uh, on my Instagram there, uh, about, you know, where do you fall in that line? Are you committed to learning or are you committed to being right? Yeah. And if you're committed to being right, you might more often than not <laughs> be on the wrong side of history, so to speak, uh, versus uh, having an open conversation. And that's, th there's so many other parallels I'd love to explore here. Like I said, uh, you know, on the political spectrum as, as well, and, and folks that I get along with so well, and then we start talking politics and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're going down this very uh, dark rabbit hole, so to speak. And, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm here to have a conversation. Like, you know, I've, I had a good friend tell me, like, you know, we talked about gun control or something and not to open up that can of worms there. But he's, he's like, well, why don't you go live in, in Scandinavia? And I'm like, OK, like, that's a good response to, to that. Anyway, I'm sure folks uh, if just finishing up off the holidays, if they're listening to this live or or uh, recently to, to us posting, uh, might have had some of those fun conversations in, in Thanksgivings or Christmases. So um, anyway, good place to leave it, I think. <laughs> Uh, where we could definitely go down some rabbit holes. I'm going to uh, appreciate you sharing that extra thought. I'm going to put that Avengers theme song back on for you. Again, Disney, don't sue me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'll let you kind of share with folks where they can best connect with you or find you. Awesome. Uh, so uh, best place is equipptoevolve.com, E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D, the number two, and evolve.com. Um, and the best place to kind of go deeper in a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today is the blog. Um, I got a, a weekly newsletter that I send out, which is always a roundup of three blogs uh, around a particular theme. So uh, for me, I'm always looking to uh, curate and synthesize um, and, you know, continue to help people connect the dots between, you know, maybe stuff they've heard before, uh, oftentimes stuff they haven't, but then see it. Uh, in multiple dimensions with lots of different application, because uh, I think that's how we can really start to appreciate and actually apply it beyond just, oh, that's interesting, uh, but we need that repetition and we need to understand how it can be applied in multiple contexts. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, it's just ITS and then my name, Jared Cohen. It's Jared Cohen. Um, and those are the two best places. 
Awesome, man. Well, again, really appreciate your time. Uh, we might time this right with, with the Avengers theme song here. And uh, again, folks, don't hesitate to reach out. Hopefully, uh, again, usual spiel. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, review, all the things. <laughs> and uh, we'll leave it there. Happy New Year if you are listening to this uh, before we post it. If not, even if it's March 2022, you know, Happy New Year. It happens. Happy New Year. Yeah. Nothing wrong with, with happy new years and hopefully all your resolutions already came true, but you know, let's, let's make sure I, I do want to, you know, shout out that infinite versus finite concept that, uh, yeah, hopefully folks took away from that. And on that note, we will leave it. I uh, hope you all got 1% better today. I know I did at the very least. So, uh, and I, I battled, we both kind of had a little bit of colds going on that hopefully, uh, didn't, didn't sound too bad on the recording and we'll leave it there guys. Peace, and I hope to do a part two soon, Jared.